What are you thankful for? Everything. I am very thankful for God bringing me and my children out of a dark place um, into a church family and a church home where we are thriving and loved. I'm thankful that the Lord provided me with a husband and a son and a daughter that I get to do life with each and every day and have fun and enjoy memories that are made throughout the years. I'm most thankful for my friends and family because my friends are there for the for the hard times that I go through and my family are there for whatever I need. I am actually thankful for all of the struggles that have occurred in my life. Um, every time I think I can't get through something, um, I just have to close my eyes and I have to remember that, like we sang last night, he won't. He's going to be there. He's always there. He's never leaving me. He's never turned his back on me. He's always going to be there. And if I just lean on him, he's got me. I'm thankful that God changed my life. In 2008, I was going through depression and dark times in my life, and I was actually invited to a revival at a church. There was a good speaker there that night, and um, I just surrendered and gave my all to Jesus ever since then. I am thankful um, that God has blessed my husband and I with a baby due in March. We've wanted this for a very long time, so we are super excited for it. I'm most thankful for my family because they support me in everything I put my mind to and taught me about Jesus. I'm thankful for the opportunity uh, to come back and practice dentistry in my hometown. It's been my prayer for a long time to come back and serve the community that helped raise me. I'm thankful for God helping me as I apply to college and just guiding me and my family and friends supporting me through this process as well. I'm so thankful that when I wake up in the morning, when I go to bed at night, anything I'm going through during the day, I might go off the deep end a little bit, but he's right there reaching down to pull me out every time. I am so thankful that when we decided to up and sell our house in this crazy market, we um, God provided a place for us to build. He provided a builder for us to, to do it and the contractors and in less than three months, we are in our home and we're grateful and thankful for that. I'm thankful for my family and how they help, support, and love me in whatever I do. I'm also thankful for this church and how it has allowed me to grow closer to God. I'm thankful for what God is doing in my life, my family's life, the relationships here at this church and in this team, and what God's doing through our small groups. I'm thankful for God because He forgives me for all my sins, and I'm thankful for my dogs because they've been there for me every time. I'm thankful to have a spouse um, that believes in the one true God. My uh, life is a struggle, and being on the same path, being led by the same God, is an important piece of what makes um, life meaningful. Um, and it makes the, the rough patches or the hard times that much simpler. I'm thankful for my dad because he's always there when I most need it. I'm most thankful right now for God softening my heart and getting me to move to Hopkinsville to be close to my family and close to the church. I am thankful that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. 
Amen and amen. There is so much for which we could give thanks. In fact, the Apostle Paul writes that our lives should be overflowing with thankfulness. In fact, I want us to do just that thing. I want us to continue with the gratitude um, theme, and I'm going to invite you to huddle up right where you are, two, three, four, five people, or at home if you're watching online. Do the same thing and take a moment to share some of the things that you are thankful for today. Now listen, it doesn't have to be profound. It could be the most simple truth to you. So lean in, speak up, and overflow with gratitude for what do you give thanks today? You. Go. You're on. the reason I wanted you to do that today is for this it's one thing to feel gratitude it is something else to give thanks now all this month we've been watching Jesus as he has modeled gratitude now honestly some of the things that he demonstrated gratitude over may not be things that would be at the top of our gratitude list but are important nevertheless for example you'll remember he was thankful for prayer at the grave, the tomb of Lazarus, um, it says that Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, I thank you for hearing me. Let me ask you, are you thankful for prayer that God hears you? I think it's easy for us to take it for granted. I think it's easy for us to overlook it completely. Listen, something stirred in me when I was on sabbatical, and one of the messages that I really sensed from the Holy Spirit was this, Kevin come go deeper come go deeper man i have been digging in and longing for prayer time um, with jesus are you grateful for prayer jesus was and then jesus was also thankful in pain last week as we celebrated the lord's supper you will remember that jesus took the bread and the cup and gave thanks and there's so much meaning there i've often wondered when jesus took that bread and he said to the disciples this is my body broken for you and then he broke it and gave it what must that have felt like knowing what was coming and he gave thanks for it and then it says and he took the cup and i think that means so much more than he just grabbed the goblet if you remember, later that night in the garden of prayer, Jesus prayed under great agony, Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me, but not my will, but your will be done. And we know that that cup was not taken from him. And so when he took the cup and he gave thanks for it, 
he taught us that gratitude belongs in the midst of pain. I think that one of the most important lessons that we all learn in this journey of faith is being thankful even in our pain. You've heard me talk about that health crisis of my youth, a stroke and near-death experience at 32, but it was in that pain that God gave me that life verse that still resonates to me to this day. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not disaster to give you a future and a hope. And through that verse, I have always been thankful for that season. Are you grateful even in the pain and loss? In fact, did you know that Thanksgiving actually is it's rooted in pain and loss. We tend to think of it as, you know, praise for all of the goodness and the abundance in life. And we have in our mind all kinds of images of what the perfect Thanksgiving would look like. And yes, it is all of that. But that's not really how it all started. This fall, when we went and traveled to New England, one of the places we went was Plymouth Rock. And lo and behold, that's what it is. It is just a rock. A big old rock right there, the landing place of the pilgrims. And it's, it's pretty cool that they found this rock that had the, the, the year stamped into it. I think that's how they knew this must be the place, right? The, the, here's the spot. But you know what took me my breath away was not the rock, but this monument. This is a list of the names of the pilgrims who died in that first year alone. Now, remember, there were, there were only 100 people or so, less, less than the, the number of people in this room right now. And look how many died. And on the end of that monument is this pilgrim's praise, and this is how it reads. About 100 souls came over in this first ship and began this work which God of His goodness have hitherto blessed. God's blessed us, it says. Let His holy name have ye praise after a year like that they gave thanks grateful in the pain grateful even in death today's gratitude subject may be a little bit more familiar than those first examples that Jesus gave us today we're going to talk about gratitude for provision for what is it that you give thanks? And again, it's one thing to feel gratitude. It is something else to express it and to give thanks. So open your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14. While you're finding that in your Bibles, let me introduce myself to you. My name's Kevin. I'm one of the pastors. If we've not yet met, I'd love to meet you after the service in the Next Steps area. And if you would just introduce yourself so that I can know you. I want to remind you to fill out your digital connect card. And those of you that are first or second time filling out that digital connect card, we're going to make a $10 blessing to an organization in our community that makes a difference. This month it is um, Ordinary Hero, which focuses on orphan care. And so if you just fill it out for the first time or the second time, you actually get to become the blessing to somebody else. Now, before we read this passage, I want to point out to you that this is one of the few stories, one of the few miracles of Jesus that shows up in every single one of the four Gospels. All four Gospels have this story of the feeding of the 5,000. And like I say so often, repetition 
means pay attention. This is one of those miracles that has some great and profound lessons for us to learn. And one part of that message of this uh, miracle is simply this. Be grateful and thankful to God in the provision that he gives you. All right, so let's read together Matthew chapter 14, beginning with verse 13. And the scripture says this, As soon as Jesus heard the news, he left in a boat to a remote area to be alone. Now let me pause and just say, the news that Jesus just heard was that John the Baptist, his cousin, the forerunner, the one who was preparing the way, the man who baptized Jesus, he had just been murdered and Jesus had gotten the word. So he went to an area to be alone. But the crowds heard where he was headed and followed on foot from many towns. Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat and he had compassion on them and healed their sick. That evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so that they can go to the villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said, that isn't necessary. You feed them. But we only have five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here, he said. And then he told the people to sit down on the grass. And Jesus took the five loaves and two fish and looked up toward heaven and blessed them. Then breaking the loaves into pieces, he gave the bread to the disciples who distributed it to the people. And they all ate as much as they wanted. And afterward, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftovers. About 5,000 men were fed that day. In addition... To all the women and the children. Now there's a movement here in the story that I want to make sure that you see from the outset. Jesus took the bread and the fish. Jesus looked up to heaven. And third, Jesus blessed the bread. Now this isn't just a miracle for you and I to marvel over. What I want you to see is that this is an example for you to follow. Jesus took, and then Jesus looked up, and then Jesus blessed. And here are the gratitude guidelines that come out of this story of thankfulness for provision. And the first is this. Number one, enjoy the good. Enjoy the good. Jesus takes into his hands the bread and the fish. Now you need to understand, this is really a quite unremarkably small lunch. In fact, I think if this had happened in our world, it would have looked something more like this. It would have been the first lunchable that is um, on the earth. Five small loaves, two pickled fish. Hardly a feast. This is not the kind of thing that you'll get excited about on Thursday. But notice this. Jesus took it, and he gave thanks for it. And there is a simple yet profound example for us in this. 
And it's just simply this. Whatever it is that you have, whatever the blessing that God has given you, enjoy it and be thankful for it. James, the brother of Jesus, puts it this way in his letter to the church. He said, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father. Think about that for a moment. Every good thing in your life every good thing in your life there isn't one good thing in your life that isn't somehow tied to our heavenly father it's almost as if your heavenly father was saying to you i want you to enjoy life and so every good thing that i can give to you is for you to enjoy life john ortberg once wrote this he said joy is at the heart of god's plan for human beings the reason for this is joy is at the heart of god himself we will never understand the significance of joy in the human life until we understand its importance to god i suspect that most of us seriously underestimate god's capacity for joy i think he's right there's another old dead preacher from generations um, gone before that said god is the happiest being in the universe do you ever think of god that way that he is the happiest being in the universe god is joy and therefore we are to enjoy the gifts that he gives us does that resonate with your understanding of who god is listen who else in this story would have really given thanks to god for such a minuscule gift as a lunchable john's gospel tells about andrew who found the little boy with the lunch and andrew said what everybody was thinking this is what andrew said he said there's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish but what good is that with this huge crowd isn't that exactly what we would be thinking what good is this little tiny bit of food but jesus takes it and he blesses it and he recognized that the gift was from his father and so with joy he gives thanks what about you are you thankful for even the smallest things of goodness in your life jesus delighted in the smallest of provision don't miss that enjoy it delight in it enjoy the good you know when um, diana and i were in maine this fall we went to a place called cadillac mountain in um, acadia national park and uh, a lot of people go there it's a place to see the sunrise see the sunset here we are with just a few of our friends i mean they were crawling all over um, this mountain uh, and we went to see the sunset and let me tell you the sunset did not disappoint it was absolutely spectacular now everybody told us in preparation for going there listen you're gonna be up there a while you should take some snacks some people take um, a picnic so i think we had a couple of you know keto bars um, tasted like shoe leather something like that but there was this couple that was sitting right in front of us, man, who they did it right. They brought a whole blueberry pie 
to enjoy at sunset. And one of the things you need to know about Maine is they're known for their blueberries, and their blueberry pies are everywhere. And they were talking about the blueberry pie. And, and listen, all of us who were seated close to them, we were all listening and eyeing that, that blueberry pie. But, but there was a problem, you see. They only had one fork with them. And so this is when he turned around and laughed and said, Man, I, I'm sorry. We really intended to share this thing, but I only have one fork. And then he laughed uproariously, and we laughed. And then he did this. He set the pie down between him and me, and he turned his attention to the sunset and there it was right in front of me and you know what I did next no I didn't do it I didn't do it but you know what I wanted to do right man I wanted to just take that pie but I, I didn't I just laughed and told him listen you're going to end up in a sermon illustration as the one fork guy and he, he laughed you know after the first service somebody came up to me and they handed me this and they said, Kevin, you need to carry this with you so that you will never miss out on a pie again. And I appreciate it. After the second service, somebody came up to me and they said, you had a keto bar? And I said, yeah. He said, don't you realize that thing could have served as a knife to cut that pie? And I said, yeah, you're right. You know, but I, but I missed out on the good. Let me ask you, do you really enjoy every good gift? that your heavenly Father has given you. No matter how small it may be, it's clear that God wants to fill your life with joy. Nehemiah had the audacity to say, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Are you going through a season of weakness? At times, do you feel absolutely overwhelmed? Listen, you need to fuel your joy with gratitude. Paul wrote, rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. That is not a suggestion. That's a commandment to us that we are to express our joy. Jesus said, I've told you all these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. Let me ask you, is your joy overflowing? Just like Jesus caring for a hungry multitude you just need to understand that god wants you to enjoy the good gift of life and he is the one who has given you every good thing so give him thanks but i remind you it's one thing to feel gratitude it's another thing to give thanks and that brings us to the second thing number two you need to find your voice Find your voice. Now remember the scene. Thousands and thousands of people crawling all over this place. 5,000 men, not counting the women and children. Many estimate could be 10,000 or more people that were there in that crowd. And there is Jesus. And the disciples are in this panic because Jesus just told them, Oh, you feed them. And I imagine everybody listening. And then that little Lunchable is discovered. And then listen to what Jesus does in verse 19. Then he told the people to sit down on the grass. 
And Jesus took the five loaves and the two fish, and he looked up toward heaven, and he blessed them. Now, when it says he blessed them, the Greek is actually a little ambiguous here. Does it mean that he was speaking a blessing? Like, was he blessing the bread and the fish? Was he blessing God? And I think the answer is yes. That's exactly what he was doing, both. It's very likely that Jesus prayed the Hebrew bread blessing that the Jewish people have been praying over the gift of bread for thousands and thousands of years. It's, it's the same prayer. It, it goes like this. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who brings forth bread from the earth. In blessing the bread, Jesus was blessing God and giving thanks to the giver of all things. You give thanks to the giver of all things. Don't miss the simplicity of the point. Gratitude is not gratitude until it crosses your lips. It's not just what you feel. It's what you do. It's an action. Think about it in the context of marriage. If in your marriage you never say thank you, the reality is you have an ungrateful heart no matter how you feel. You have to speak it and express it. It would be like never saying I love you. Does it matter that you speak gratitude for every little thing? Well, apparently, Jesus gave thanks for a Lunchable. And remember the context of what was going on in Jesus at the time. Jesus had just gotten word that John the baptizer had been murdered. He wanted a little time away. He was seeking solitude where he could be with his heavenly father. The crowd followed, and not only did they follow, but they crowded in on his space, and everybody wanted something. And in that moment, at the time of the meal, he could have just tossed that Lunchable to the disciples and said, you do something about it, handle it as best you can, but that's not what Jesus did. He paused, and he prayed out loud something like, Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who brings forth bread from the earth. He spoke a blessing of gratitude for such a small gift. Let me encourage you to really put into practice a gratitude this week that mirrors this kind of gratitude of Jesus. In other words, say it out loud. Speak it to one another. Speak it to your family. As a couple, don't let it go unsaid. As a church, do you realize how blessed we are as a people of God? Speak the words of gratitude. There is nothing too small for which we should not stop and give thanks, so speak it. In fact, let me, let me invite you to create a gratitude rhythm in your life this week. To just take a few minutes, like 10, 15 minutes, and, and I would encourage you to do this at the end of the day and just pause and go through what happened in your day as you lived it out with God and think back through the moments. 
In fact, picture yourself doing this. Imagine that you are in, you know, one of those nice movie theaters with reclining seat, and you're sitting down with God, and you're watching the movie of your day, and at each scene that comes up, you give thanks. Like you're watching that, that first moment where you get out of the bed and you go, oh, God, thank you for the night's rest. And then the next scene is you taking that first sacred sip of that morning coffee. And you're like, oh, God, that was so good. Thank you so much. And then there's that moment where you heard that child erupt in laughter. Is there anything quite as joyful as hearing a child just reel with laughter and you go, oh God, that was, that was, such, a, that was such a good gift. Thank you for that. Or the tenderness of that kiss that you remember. Or, or that bite of chocolate that just melted in your mouth. And you say, oh, thank you, God, for that. Or, or the progress that you made on that tough project at work. And you, you saw that moment where you broke through and you just pause and you say, thank you. What if you ended every day just 10 minutes like that? Thinking about all the good gifts and sitting down with your heavenly father, snuggling up with him and saying, thank you for the gifts. i tell you what would happen. You would find your voice and you would erupt in praise. Psalm 65, 8 puts it this way. The whole earth is filled with awe at your wonders. Where morning dawns, where evening fades, you call forth songs of joy. If you pause like that and remember and speak the thanks, you will also erupt in songs of joy. Let me tell you, there's a really good reason you ought to do this at the end of the day. There is. Psychologists have discovered that when it comes to our memories, we don't record everything that happens to us, you know, like with your phone and video. That's not the way that we remember. We tend to remember peaks and endings, peaks and endings. In fact, it's called the peak end theory, and it's, it's kind of like this graph. What we remember are the peaks, and especially the ending. Think of a mom who goes through hours or even days of intense labor, but at the end of that, when that baby is placed in your arms, ah, that's what you remember. Or you go out to a restaurant and you eat a really good meal. But the reason you go to this restaurant is because of that dessert that they have. That killer dessert. And they bring it to you and it gets to that end and you eat that bite that just melts in your mouth. That's what you remember. So the end of the day is the perfect time for us to come into the presence of our Heavenly Father who has given us every good gift for us to enjoy and to speak it out loud and to say, thank you, God. Thank you. That's what Jesus did. He took bread in his hands and he blessed it. But let's not forget that middle thing either. Jesus took the bread and the fish 
Jesus looked up to heaven and then he blessed it. Enjoy the good and find your voice, but don't miss this middle piece that holds it all together. And that is number three, you need to know the giver. You need to know the giver. You enjoy the good. And yes, you find your voice and give thanks, but you need to know the giver. Jesus looked up toward heaven. He didn't just enjoy the gift. He didn't just say thank you randomly, but he looked up because he knew that the gift came from his heavenly Father who gives all good gifts. It is one thing to enjoy the good in life. It is another thing to express it especially when the expression of thankfulness is to the one who gave the gift in the first place. You've got to address it to the right person. It's kind of like something that happened recently at our Sunday dinner table. We are that family now where we have generations gathered at the table on Sunday. And let me tell you, I never had that growing up. Never did. And so I absolutely treasure it and it's just it really is an incredible gift after dinner recently one of the grandkids was teasing and I knew she was she looked at me and she said thank you for dinner papa and I said well I didn't fix it and then she looked and said thank you for dinner mama and Allison said well it wasn't me and then, thank you, Daddy, not me. But then finally she said, thank you for dinner, Nana. You see, gratitude has to be expressed to the one who gives the gift. Do you know the gift giver? Do you know the one who has given you every good thing? Do you know this Jesus? He's not only the one who gives you every good thing in life, but he's the one who gives you the most needed things in life. Not just all the little things, the most important thing. And he wants your life to be filled to the full with joy. I mean, that's the point of the miracle, isn't it? Everyone ate. Everyone was satisfied. And not only that, they had 12 baskets full of leftovers. In other words, in this crowded world, you need to understand there was still way more than enough for everyone and for you too. There's a place for you at his table. So yes, Give thanks to Jesus for every little thing that he's blessed you with, overflowing in goodness, but don't miss the most important thing, and the most important thing is Jesus himself. Listen to what Paul wrote in Romans 8, 32. He said, since he, he's talking about God, since God did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? The Apostle Paul is making an argument here from the greater to the lesser. And what he's saying is, listen, if God gave you his own son, won't he give you everything else he needs that you need in life? But you could also take it and opposite, flip it to the opposite and argue from the lesser to the greater. When you begin to count all of your blessings... 
when you really look at the gifts that God has put in your life, when gratitude runs deeply through the moments of your every day, that's when you'll begin to realize that God didn't just give you all the little stuff. He gave you the most important thing, which is Jesus himself. Do you know him? Have you received that gift? He's given you his son to be your savior and he gives you himself so look up to heaven to the giver and give him your thanks in fact let me invite you to do that right now let me invite you to just bow your head close your eyes and I want us to just take a moment here to reflect deeply upon the gifts in your life. First of all, I just want you to think about the things in your life, all of the things in your life. And it's okay. And it's okay to enjoy them. Remember, it's all from Him. So take just a second here and, and give Him thanks for some of those things that enrich your life. Now think about the people in your life. You know, relationships are the thing that really enriches life, aren't they? Remember people to give thanks for. Maybe some of them are people in your past. People at a great distance. Or people that are near. But just pause and give him thanks. And now I want you to think about yourself, who you are. Think about the way in which you are wired. Do you know that God is the one who knit you together in your mother's womb? Now, I know this to be true. All of us would have put in a change order or two about how God made us. But for right now, Think about the giftings that you have, your talents, your abilities, the joy that you bring to others. Do you understand that God made you to be you and He rejoices over you? Give Him thanks. But these are just the little things. One more thing. Think about Jesus. Do you know him? He is God's greatest gift to you. Don't miss out on him. Today, would you trust him? Would you accept him? The Bible says to all who believed in him and accepted him, he gave them the right to become the children of God. Are you ready to make that commitment to him? Are you ready to follow him, to receive him? To do that, all you have to do is express it to God, to the Father. In a prayer, something as simple as this, Dear God, Lord God, King of all the earth, the one who has given me every good thing, you have given me your Son, 
Today I believe upon him as your son, my Savior. I believe your word when it says that he died for my sins and was resurrected to give me life. And I not only believe him in my heart, but I confess that Jesus is my Lord. And beginning right now, right here, I give you my life and I give you my thanks. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Do you know what the Bible says happens when you pray a prayer like that for the first time? Jesus said all of heaven begins rejoicing because you have come and received the greatest gift of all. But listen, I don't want just heaven rejoicing. I want in on it too. So if you prayed that prayer today, if you're making a first-time commitment to Jesus Christ, I want to know it. In fact, I'm going to be over here for a few minutes, and then I'm going to be out in the commons in the next step area. And if you're ready to take that next step of following Jesus, let us all join in the rejoicing of heaven. For our God is faithful, and he is worthy to be praised. So let's stand to our feet, and let's worship and praise the God who is faithful.